Welcome, and thank you for joining us on the Sandy Pars Podcast, your source for in-depth discussions about the world of golf for the amateur golfer. We're your hosts, Rennie Duran and Ryan Munoz. On this episode, we recap an exceptional U.S. Women's Open at the Olympic Club, touch on a dramatic weekend at the Memorial, and more. Stay tuned after the break. Welcome back to the Sandy Pars Podcast after an epic weekend. I'm glad to have everybody here. I'm once again joined by my co-host, Ryan Munoz. Oh, my goodness. What a uh, what a weekend we got um, in the whole world of golf. We got, a, we got a lot to talk about. There's so much that went on. Um, and it's it's fun to actually kind of say that our main focus was not PGA. Um, anybody who was following us on Instagram and listened last week knew that the big, the big star of the show this week was the Women's U.S. Open at uh, Olympic Club here in our hometown of San Francisco. Um, we got to we were fortunate enough to go a couple days. Um, we went Friday and Sunday. We got to see some sunshine. We got to see some cold and some wind. Um, and some overcast, and the the San Francisco fog made a, an appearance there Most on Friday definitely. as well. Friday was uh, chilly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, let's just jump right into it. I mean, uh, <clears throat> seeing a women's U.S. Open on a on a you know big course like that, where they usually have men's um, U.S. Opens, and um, you know what were your, like overall thoughts? Uh, yeah, to get so into? Um, dude, that was awesome. This was the first time. I believe that a U.S. Open was or a ladies U.S. Open was was held at a, um, a U.S. Open venue, mm-hmm. um, and that now is going to continue. Um, they're playing Pebble in a couple of years. I forget That's they're right. at another U.S. Open venue, maybe even before that. They even had a U.S. Um, amateur at uh, at um, Augusta. Augusta, the KMPG PGA Championship for the ladies is at. Um, a, uh, it's at the Atlanta Country Club. So th- this is this is now going to be a real cool trend um, where we get to see the ladies take on some of the men's courses. Um, I got to say, if this is the first of, of that trend, uh, they couldn't have got off on a better foot than they did this weekend. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was awesome. It was great to be there in person. Um, dude, I mean, that was... I had fun when I was at Pebble at the U.S. Open, but mm-hmm. this was fucking way more fun. Right, um, I thought so too. I mean, too. like we were right there the entire time. Felt like we know these ladies now. Um, and with like, co- and with COVID, you know, like, that kind of stinks. You know, you don't have the full gallery, but to go to an event like this, that's like half or a quarter capacity, whatever it was. I mean, you could have whatever whatever you wanted to see. It was unobstructed. You can go anywhere you wanted, see whoever you wanted all day. Yep. Yep. Um, no, overall, I thought it was a, uh, a one experience. I think it was great for the LPGA to get the exposure. Um, and I thought, I th- yeah, I thought it went out really well. I thought, you know, I thought, I thought it showed off the, uh, there, there, those, it showed those players skills. Right. Um, cause that course was challenging and even more so, um, like their skill because they're hit, you know, they're hitting totally different clubs than the men are right. into those greens. And so like where some of those flags were and just like the clubs that they had to hit into those positions mm-hmm. um, is really, really impressive. I thought so too. Um, you know, I learned a lot how about how they put on these types of events too. just walking around there and you're, you're right there next to the film crews or the people who are tracking the data. You're kind of seeing, um, 
you know, the, the support systems that all these players have out there, like their families are out there or their coaches or, you know, yeah, they, they yeah. have their little groups out there that yep. are, that are helping them throughout the course. It's yeah. Um, shout out to those guys that, uh, told us what they were doing out there when they were gridding the whole thing. Yeah. They, uh, so they, they have these, they have the whole course. This is crazy. Broken so down into to, three to yards. To level said, this is for like app tracking or like tv when they tell you yeah so if you how far you have it uh or the player has it on a on a particular shot or how far a drive was i've always wondered how accurate that it turns out it's to the three yard point yeah that's crazy um tell and explain exactly what the what they told us on that because i thought that was really interesting yeah so they just plot the entire they grid the entire course out into little three by three squares um or cubes whatever Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like they get all these crazy data points and it it helps stat keeping but those dudes seem to make it same or they they said basically that it was they were doing the app all the live stuff Mm -hmm. so if you were following along on the app at some kind of event um these guys were working hard for you. But yeah, you're right. It was cool to just kind of get an idea of some of the back-end stuff that you'd never really think about on the tournament. Yep, I thought that was awesome. And again, you don't get to see that or, or hear that when it's a full gallery out there. You know, there's so many people. They probably, you know, most people wait in those landing areas or those landing zones, you know, for several minutes to all day. If they're trying to catch everybody that comes yep. through there, it's hard to get a spot like that. So I agree. What'd you think of... Uh... The course and how it was set up and everything. Dude, okay, so this is one thing that keeps sticking out at me when I think about our time out there on, especially on Sunday, um, when it was super clear and sunny and beautiful. The way that a lot of those holes set up uh, at Olympic Club, it's like it frames such a beautiful picture, and it's like you you have the giant cypress trees, you know, on Mm -hmm. either side, um, a, a lot of elevated tee boxes, um, into a lot of elevated greens, if that makes any sense. You know, it, it's just like, you know, it puts it puts them up on like a stage for them to hit these shots. Um, you know, obviously number eight, I think of when I think of that. Yep. Um, but there's so many of them. 15, that-, that other par three on the back that you can't even really see the green mm-hmm. from the tee box. Um, yeah. Uh, 18 kind of does that too mm-hmm. with the with the clubhouse framing it on the left, the um, the trees on the right. Uh, so I just think that it kind of made these, it showcased these big moments on, you know, it's just like the backdrop is so gorgeous. So, I mean, it kind of, it was kind of breathtaking on some of the shots just to be there and watch him do it. Um, so that was my, you know, my first thought on the course. Uh, second, I think that they blended challenge with scoring well. And I think they really did that with the greens because we were fortunate enough to have uh, virtual media access to, what the USGA, USGA was putting out, and the greens never got above like a, a 12 and a half. And yeah. They, and they would always slow down towards the end of the mm-hmm. day. So I thought that, and we saw several shots, you know, where they spun the ball back. They had some check on them. You yeah. Know, it wasn't like balls were bouncing off them like bricks or anything. So I thought they did a really good job maintaining the greens considering how tough the rough was. I Yeah, I completely agree. I think the USGA, the people, the powers that be that ran the setup couldn't have really done a better job um, because if they let those greens get any faster, right, we wouldn't have, I, I don't think anyone would have been under par. Uh, right. I don't think, you know, you could see that if the men were about their plan, the right. way that, that that rough was. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, from what I saw on uh, social media, all the players kind of, you know, giving their thank yous and stuff, they they all seemed to feel that the course was, I, I kept coming across um, hard but fair. 
Right. Hard but fair. Challenging but fair. So if the players are all in agreement with that, um, you know, tip of the hat to the folks over at the USGA for for doing a great job setting it up because that's got to be kind of nerve wracking for them, um, right. just because this has never been done before. Right. Uh, and so it's you know. It can come out well, or they could have fallen on their face and, and had a terrible tournament, and I don't think that was uh, the case by any means. I Honestly, it just made me made me think, too, I, I can't wait for the, the next big tournament they have at, at Olympic Club just because they did such a good job with this. Yeah. It was such a stark contrast to when I went in 2012 for the Men's Open that was there, which, um, you know, it was it was foggy and damp the entire time. Yeah, so it was, like it Friday. Was, yeah, so a little bit different. But, um, you know, even then, I, just, I felt like this this overall experience was much more fun than that. Like you said, much more fun than Pebble just because the gallery is a lot smaller. But Olympic is such a such an awesome venue. Um, I, I see your note here, the tiny greens or the thick rough. That's just a, a theme throughout the day. Deep ass bunkers. Yep. Uh, but no middle cut. No middle cut. Uh, I really thought that was... Um, a theme of, of a lot of the holes too, just gigantic, gigantic bunkers. Um, and a lot of the players did good when, I, when they were in those bunkers. It was just incredible to see these gals. I was really impressed on Friday with uh, some of the bunker play we saw. And I mean, they, you know, they're pro, they're professional athletes, so they should be, you know, wowing us with their bunker plays. But those, again, I, I don't know how many strokes I would take to get out of some of those bunkers. No. Um, and like have a ball and play. I mean, of course, I can just blade one out. But mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I was very impressed with with their play out of the sand. And again, you know, that's to be expected. But it, it, I think if you were there, if you could see those bunkers in person a little yeah. more, it kind of provides a, a little bit more context for it. When it's that much higher than you are tall, uh, <laughs> that it's crazy. Um, but yeah, course was pristine. I mean, some of the walkways, the grading was a little steep, like maybe by the clubhouse. But other than that, I think everything, everything. <laughs> and that, that little spot on two that was, uh, yeah. I, I thought about that last night. I forgot yeah. about the spot on two. I wonder how many people fell on there on uh I mean, six people, six people slipped while we were just standing there. And so. we were, yeah, like we were there for 40 minutes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Good thing that wasn't caught on the coverage. Um, speaking of the coverage, what did you think of it? Um, I know you got some thoughts. So, here. so, uh, we were obviously there on Sunday, so we, we can't shed too much light on to what happened Sunday. I, I can't say this. I didn't like that. They bumped that, uh, bumped it up. I didn't like, I was confused as hell why there was threesomes going on on Sunday mm -hmm. and it was all to catch the time window, right? Uh, gotcha. that, that, that they had the coverage because like, you know, Lexi teeing off at 1030 when you texted me that I was like, what? yeah, I thought we were going to show up at noon. Right. right. Um, and so, and they did this all for the time window. And then when they have a playoff, they fucking cut off the time window and, and put it on Golf Channel. So for, apparently, if you weren't like totally on it, you missed um, the the first portion of the playoff because it just switched over to Golf Channel and NBC had gone to um, Olympic trials or something like that. So once again... This is just, you know, this is stuff we know um, with this is where the, you know, the men's tour crosses over as well. They're just the PGA with terrible TV rights and coverages. I don't care what fucking horse race is going on on Saturday either. Put this on the in the primetime spot. Yeah. Fucking cares about the Belmont Stakes. Um, Seriously, nobody. Uh, it, it, I mean, you can have the Belmont Stakes in between golf shots. You don't even you don't need it. You don't need three hours of coverage. Yeah. 
Mike Tirico doesn't even want to be there for that three hours. <laughs> um, no, no, I I completely agree. Uh, I'm kind of sick of seeing this with the with uh, PGA and, and now LPGA. You know, the argument can be made that there's a you know smaller viewership and all that, and you know I kind of understand to a degree, but this is a women's major. It's the U.S. Open. It's the U.S. Open, and I'm watching. No offense to Fred Couples and those guys on the Champions Tour, but why is why why is that on when? Yeah, I agree. When they're when everybody's on the on course uh, for a women's major, have that one on tape delay. No one really gives a shit. Talk about nobody watching. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody watches the Championship Tour or Champions Tour. And that's not a slight to those guys. Those guys obviously earned no, the right to no, be out it's, there. it's awesome, great. But, again, but yeah, they had a major the week before. I couldn't tell you who won the major because no. um, I don't watch Champions Tour. But no. yeah, uh, on a more positive note, I thought uh, the team that NBC had on, like when I watched Saturday on mm-hmm. TV, was great. Uh, I thought the app was outstanding. Yeah, um, the, the app was the, awesome. The live group sponsorships that you could go through, um, so you, or the featured group, and they always had a morning and evening, mm-hmm. um, was just right there. So that that was awesome. Uh, On course, how cool the app was. You can put in your and then your golfer, yeah, it was, and it would show the GPS. It, it was outstanding on course. On course to find out where players were. Um, yeah, dude, that I mean like that was sick, right? Because we like, countless times I was like, oh, so and so is here. We'll just slide over real quick on this green, catch them, and yeah. So um, the app and like the Peacock coverage, if you can figure out how, how to get there, is mm-hmm. was fine. But it's just you know, it's, like we said, the same old story with. I guess LPGA and PGA, these guys can't figure out TV rights and tape delays and all this bullshit. Just, just give us live golf. Yeah. Um, and when it's an open championship, um, for the ladies, put it on. That that should be on basic ass TV for everyone to watch. For sure. I don't need to flip over to Golf Channel. Agreed. Um. But yeah. So I mean, takeaways from being there live, unless you had anything else on, on the coverage. Um, I mean, we kind of touched on it, but just like, um, yeah, it was great to be there up close so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see all the ladies pre-shot routines is definitely like, you know, up close and personal. And, right. and you know, we followed the the Brooke and Lexi and Patty T group Friday and, you know, they're so routine yeah. through every shot. Um, and you brought that up Friday, and it, it, I started really paying more attention after you said that. Um, and then, kind of on that same note, it was just cool, like seeing seeing the the caddies and players talk. Like we were right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I thought like when I was watching all these groups play, and especially Friday, like it seems like they have a great camaraderie amongst LPGA players. They're all really cool with each other. They're yeah. all like fist bumping each other, telling each other nice putt and stuff. Um, and like after the round, cause we were watching a lot of people finish up on eight on Friday mm-hmm. and like, they're giving each other hugs. Like it was, it was cool. Um, yeah. and I, I thought so too. I mean, even the players that missed the cut hung around for the weekend and, and followed their favorite golfers around or, yeah. or, or their friends and, and, you know, cheered them on. Yeah. Um, so that I, I don't think we would you if we were at the you know if we're at Tory I don't think that's going to happen two weeks as far as if we can see you know kind of getting that up close and yeah. and, and having that kind of insight. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with hearing them talk, uh, hearing them like you know kind of talk through a shot or even watching them walk off the green talking to their caddies when they're mm-hmm. pissed they missed a putt or like they're happy that they made a putt or like you know it's just like when. You know, anybody who plays a game of golf, when they walk off the green, they kind of talk about it a little bit or, or um, you know, stuff like that. 
I thought it was cool watching go through the routines. We've been kind of doing a little bit of reading on uh, on some golf and some golf uh, psychology. And one thing that keeps coming up is a pre-shot routine mm-hmm. and being consistent. And that's how these how these players kind of, um, or at least what this author said was, that's how they can play so well under pressure with all those people watching is because they just keep doing the routine. And if they keep doing the routine, it blocks all that other stuff out. They're not really paying attention to anything else or focusing on that shot at that particular time. So we got to see that in action multiple times. Yep. Yep. Um, Yeah. It's impressive. Um, So yeah, that was, I mean, and you know, just being up close, watching them around the greens, like we said there, Mm -hmm. I mean, every time we were around a green, we had a rope between us and that was it. Yeah. So, um, just seeing them do their thing up close and around the green was crazy. No grandstands anywhere. That's one other thing too, was there's no grandstands at all. Um, I mean, anything else on, on that or should we get into the actual drama of the, of the tournament? Let's, uh, yeah, let's get into the actual drama of the tournament here. Um, so we, we got there on Friday. Um, I can't even remember who was leading going into, oh, it was, it was the amateur, uh, uh Mega Gan, right? Wasn't yeah, she up there? She was up there. Um, I want to say, um, Lynn was up there going into Friday. Um, I feel like Yuka was up there on Friday too. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but everyone was kind of hovering around four under on mm-hmm. Friday. Um, and then. I yeah, I mean, it was it, we we had moving day Saturday. Um, obviously, we were you know pulling. First off, congrats to Yuka Sasso, um, nineteen years old, winning winning a major championship and and being the first player from the Philippines, men's or females, to to win. It w- was great. We, um, we should definitely okay. We should definitely talk about that because we were watching that that group with her, obviously, and. She, we saw her coming up on what was that two? It was two. I told you, you. I saw that shot from the green. I was, you were paying attention to who was on the green. Yeah, that thing. I was like, because we could, I couldn't. We were trying to figure out if it was Lexi or right. her, and I was like, oh my god, dude, someone just hit one so far onto uh, number one, like. And so listening to uh, like different people talk about this the past couple of days, like the shot tracer didn't even pick that thing up. Oh um, man! But yeah, on on the winner and congrats to her. That it, I think every amateur golfer could take a great lesson from Sunday because she doubled two and three. Um, you think that somebody like that on uh, on Sunday they're they're likely done with with two double bogeys in the first three holes and back to back, right? Um, and she kept grinding her way into a playoff. Um, she grinded. We saw it on eighteen in the in the second playoff hole when she fucking rolled that putt way past, and then came back and just drilled the par putt. Yep. Um, so, you know, it, it's all these players know it. You, they were talking about it. it's a grind, but that was I mean that's a grinder's performance that by was, her part. Um, because to hang you, in there all day long. I mean, I mean, this is obviously the main storyline. Is Lexi had a five stroke lead uh, going into eleven, and if you're if you're if you're somebody that's in that group. To hang on to to think that you're gonna ha- have a chance and, and to keep going forward without, you know, making bogey the rest of the way there, um, that's really impressive. And that's exactly how, th- that's exactly what gives meaning to the to the phrase "golf is hard." Because yeah, you're never really out of it, but at the same time, you never have it in the bag. Yep, yep. And and NASA made a great run on Sunday. We saw her uh, birdie. I want to say 17. So so you know they they started coming. Mm-hmm. Um, we were obviously pulling for Lexi. Uh, I'll go out and say I don't think Lexi choked. Uh, mm. You know, I was re- I was watching Brandel on 
Sunday night. I think Brandel's an asshole anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's, you know, just ripping her. And, dude, here's a list of, uh, of people that have lost major championships with huge leads at uh, the Olympic Club. Ben Hogan, Arnold Palmer, Tom Watson on a Sunday. Jim Furyk, too, from the last one, right? Yep. So you've got four Hall of Famers in the men's game that have all... This is, this is what Olympic Club does. I was just going to say, if you have a 50... You don't want to have the 54-hole lead at Olympic Club, dude. You don't want to have it. No. Um, yeah. It's, and I didn't want to say anything Sunday, but they, you know, they were saying it on Saturday. She hadn't three-putted at all going into Sunday, the entire tournament. And for, this you guy know, next to me on on two there, he goes, "Oh, she, you know, her, her putter's really uh, been been really good. It hasn't cooled off for her yet." And so at the same time, I said, "No, nah, I think she's got this in the bag." And so I don't know if it was me or or that gentleman who jinxed her, but uh, I kind of felt like I felt like I did thinking that she had it in the bag with a five-stroke lead like that because I'm, she was playing so well. She was playing especially, so well. And we'll get into it later. Our favorite shots, but you know, on five when she had that shot where she's she's in the in the rough, on well, her, I guess if you're looking at the at the green, she's on the left hand side and she wraps it around a tree, right in front of the the bent cypress out there, and it rolls. You know, it everyone's like, oh no, short. it's gonna be short, and she hooks that thing right up the alleyway within you know four feet of the cup. Yeah, I mean, I I think you know her her she was candid in the post conference. Um, she said she didn't really feel like she hit that bad of shots. I I agree. It's just tough, especially it got windier towards the end of the day Sunday. Clearly, she didn't have the right yardage on eighteen. Otherwise, she wasn't trying to hit into the bunker. She had several sh shots but, that were short wedge shots that she hit short. Yeah, and that's that was the play earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, to everyone was running balls up, so. You know, I mean, yeah, she chunked a, a chip shot, et cetera, missed a, a little three-footer. Um, you know, every fuck, challenge any amateur to go lead the U.S. Open and, and not chunk a chip shot out there or something. So uh, I just I, I think that course is relentless. I, I, I was a little bit worried going into Sunday that she hadn't had like, you know, it seemed like everyone had to, had a bad day out there mm -hmm. at some point. I, I mean, to, to be fair, I can see how people would say, oh, you know, she kind of lost the tournament because, like, it wasn't like anybody that was behind her kind of caught up to her and, you know, got yeah. her. Um, she kind of gave some shots away down the stretch there, and I can totally understand that. But, again, um, she still played really great. I think it just just so happened that her worst golf... Stretch of, stretch of holes all came in the last seven holes of the... Of the yeah, because no one's gonna win. No one was gonna win out there by five strokes. That's just how that course is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, you got to give credit to uh, Yukasaso and and Nasa who who played really well. I started to watch some of the highlights of hers her round uh, Sunday because we weren't quite up with them. So, yeah. I mean, again, I I like Lexi, so I'm not gonna say she she choked uh, or anything nah, like that. I can't I, do I, that. I think that course was challenging. Um, yeah, I, you know, and I'm not disappointed in this Sasa one. I'm actually pretty juiced. She's going to be a uh, a fixture on the ladies' tour for a long time to come. Um, obviously, 19 years. She's 19. 19. So. Um, got Rory McIlroy doing side-by-side -side swing videos with her. Yeah. Uh, that swing, yeah, that swing should be around for quite some time. Yep. Good stuff, my man. Um, so key takeaways, I guess. We get into our favorite holes, groups, and shots of the weekend. Hey, let's do it. 
Um, all right, let's go with your favorite holes. All right, my favorite holes uh, were that par three on the back, 15, mm-hmm. um, just because that thing is, is crazy to watch the tee shots. You don't know where most of the tee shots go, mm-hmm. uh, so you got to kind of watch the green, but it's just... It's just an interesting hole. Like, I don't know how I would approach that. So um, I always found that to be an interesting or just kind of a, a cool hole to watch there. And then uh, the second green, two, that was a fun hangout spot for us Friday. And then we hung out there again Sunday. And I liked watching eight as well. Um, watching the groups finish up on Friday was cool. Yeah. But that hole was just challenging too. So it, w- it was fun to uh, watch. Uh, you know the the par threes kind of really stand out yeah. out there. Yeah, and uh, I was just looking looking through the course earlier today when you put this topic on here, and uh, I think most of mine are par threes except for um, number eighteen. So uh, uh, actually no 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 I I picked uh, I picked two. So I went with number five because of the bent cypress mm-hmm. uh, on that on that um, uh, on in the rough out there. I just think that's a really cool look. It's obviously like a signature spot of the course. Um, 13 and 15. 15's just with monster bunkers all the way around. Yeah. You have no idea where your ball lands until you get up there. So I think that's really cool. Um, and then just seeing 18, I think what made it for me wasn't the narrow fairway. It was, like I was talking about earlier, kind of the framing that it does and watching the entire gallery there on uh, on the hillside, with yeah, the yeah. clubhouse up there, it was just it was just something to to really take in at the moment. You know? Yeah, eighteen was very cool. I gotta definitely say that um, those punkers up in front of that green to that uphill green is just it's it's mean. I wonder how many. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how many uh, balls go into those bunkers every every day out there. I mean, think about Friday when we watched that whole Brooks sprayed her tee shot. And she wanted no part of those bunkers. She's just straight chipped out of the rough yeah. on a th- on a on a three hundred something yard hole. Yep. Um, to to take a chance, you know, so she could hit a fairway shot on t- into those. Um, so that's all you need to know about those bunkers. All right, I totally agree. Uh, groups, who who'd you have? Um, so I'll be be remiss if I didn't say I was disappointed in the quarter's performance. Uh, Nels just couldn't get any touch for the greens. No. Um, just toughed it out. Uh, but that was one of my favorite groups to watch Thursday on the just the uh, the the the, uh, the app, and then uh, to watch Friday afternoon. Jess Corda, Nelly Corda, and one of my new favorites, Soyeon Yu. Uh, they they were they were awesome, right? We saw mm-hmm. them just shooting the breeze. They were behind a slow group. Uh, my. So Yen Yu's on my top top list because she was doing her makeup and putting lipstick on on the tee box and she just stepped up and striped one on the on the I think it was the third hole. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was doing it to before she made like birdie putts and stuff too. It was it was really impressive. Yeah, and it was just <laughs> cool watching them kind of vibe and it was cool to see Nelly like laughing and stuff even though she wasn't playing well. Right? She had her cell phone in her back pocket. Yeah, and she was like oh I didn't. I was wondering why I was vibrating. And uh, then um, uh, going kind of on the Friday group and sorry. <laughs> The group that surprised me, Shen Shen, Inby, and Lydia. Um, it is, dude, Shen Shen and Inby are such good putters, and it's crazy to watch them putt um, and just th- how they, they, they're like totally unfazed by these long putts. It's just an instant no. two putt, like, yep. and, and it's crazy. Um, they're so goddamn good. I, I, Shen Shen is, 
She's kind a surprise, of a, a surprisingly popular. She's player kind of out. a star out there, yeah. right? <laughs> Everybody like was following around, cheering her on. She's, she's kind of, cool, dude. She yeah. just she's super nonchalant about everything. Um, yeah, so that that was awesome. Uh, I was most tickled watching Lexi, Brooke, and Patty T Friday morning. We followed them Without around the whole round. Um, three of the biggest hitters. Uh, I was probably most impressed just seeing Patty T up in person though. That swing, that she swing, fucking hits the snot out of the ball. She had she has the best swing that out there in my opinion in terms of like just the flow of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of great swings obviously out there on the LPGA tour, but seeing that one in person, I just remember it as standing out. So I would agree with you. I the, the Lexi Brook Patty T Brook uh, uh, grouping had to have been my favorite to watch. We've got to see like a, cl- a short game clinic being put on all day on Friday. Yep. Brooke didn't, Brooke was struggling. She struggled Friday. That was her bad she, round of the tournament. Yep. And she's, she's the queen of the one handed follow through. Cause she let go uh, of the, of the, of the club several times and they weren't even bad shots. She was just like, Oh, that wasn't perfect. Let go of it. Like Griffey. Yeah. And letting it go, you know, wherever it went. Um, yeah, I, for me that was that was the, that was the main one. Obviously, I loved watching the Cordas, but w- by the time we got there on Friday, the vibe was a little bit different. There, you know, Nelly was kind of yeah, at, like just happy to be there mode. Jess was trying to stay in it mode, but yep. she she couldn't quite um, you know, put the rounds together that she wanted. She still was out there for the weekend. Yeah, and we caught it, her on Sunday. No one, no one, nobody even, around. No one around. Um, yeah, that that was a super fun group and. Uh, yeah, they all kind of struggled. Uh, my girl, Sayin Yu, struggled a little bit too. But she got it back to get... Her and Jess were actually in the top 25s, I want to say. So, uh, you know, I, I, that course was tough, as we, we mentioned. So, yeah, those those groups were awesome. Obviously, the final group Sunday. Um, I actually, We actually had... We were watching um, Jin Young Ko's group on Sunday when we were kind of over on that backside. Yeah. We had errantly thought that Lexi was totally going to win this thing and started yep. crushing oh, beers we, and yeah. hot dogs over having a little picnic. Uh, we were following <laughs> um, Jin Young Ko, who's the number one player in the world's group. And it was cool to watch her because she shot like four under actually on Sunday. So uh, that was awesome. Um, yeah. I snuck over, watched my girl Soyeon News group for a little bit as the perk of the app um but yeah fun groups there's there's probably plenty other that i was impressed with i just can't quite think of them all right and then finally shots uh yeah this what sticks out to me when we were on that par three i want to say it was three on on friday uh all of those ladies patty t lexi Lexi and Brooke were in that uh, bunker, short-sided. Patty T was fucking in that god-awful rough, short-sided, coming up a hill. Mm-hmm. And they all just stuck shots and got out with pars there. Yep. Um, and Patty T with the club flipped Patty around. Patty T left-handed. Club flipped, left-handed. Yeah, it, yeah, that was crazy. Um, I'm going to throw in my, my Saiyan Kim hole out there that we got on video on yeah. Friday. Yep. And then... Um, just because she's now one of my faves. Uh, so you can use uh, makeup, lipstick, birdie, or whatever she got par out there uh, on the par three. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. That was that was awesome. Look good, play good, feel good. Let's go. Yeah, I already talked about mine. Uh, the runner that Lexi hit on five and uh, the entire Patty T group putting on a short game clinic for all all the fans out there. I just thought that was, I just thought that was incredible. Um, 
we have LPGA player rankings here. Are we going to go top three or what? Oh, after seeing them live, does yeah. this change? All right. Um, Who? My, my, my one and two, I don't think my one and two change. It's still the Corda sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, I'm going to go, my three has definitely changed. Uh, Patty T's my third and then. My 3B is uh, my girl, So Young Yu, uh, right up in there. Yeah, I, you know, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna put Patty T as numero uno, just because I, I really enjoyed watching her play. She's got a cool like swag to her. Yeah, huh? she's pretty nonchalant. Yeah, uh, we saw her in the players exit area where we d- clearly shouldn't have been hanging out. Yeah, for her, yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm going to go with the Quarter Sisters, too. I mean, they're still at the top of their games right now. It's hard not to root for them. They seem like they're having so much fun out there, uh, even when they're preparing uh, j- to start the tournament. It was really cool to see how um, their family dynamic kind of goes on out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, caught them on that putt and green prior to the round Friday, and, and yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. Um, I am going I'm, I'm to put Shin Shin as my fourth, though. Dude, Shen Shen's awesome. She's the, moved, she probably even though she didn't crack my top end, she's probably mm-hmm. had the most movement of yeah. everyone in my in my power <laughs> rankings positions from that. Gained, um, and then shout out to those youngsters, uh, Mega Gane. That was crazy. Just seeing her, she didn't yeah. have the best round on Saturday or on Sunday, but um, I mean, she was in it, and she, and she was she was like hyping the crowd up too. Yeah. And stuff. I mean, she made a bogey on. on Saturday and gave the Hulk Hogan ear. Yeah, uh, which is like <laughs> awesome. Um, I was really impressed with, uh, I'm spacing on a girl's name that we got the video of, um, Youngster. Oh, oh uh, Lucy Lee. Yeah, yeah. That sh- that video of, I, I, I have that that three, three or that whatever she hit, long iron in there. Mm-hmm. I was watching that swing. So pure. So, yeah, there was just tons of talent out there. Um, we're, we're missing a bunch, but, but it was awesome. Get yourself out to a uh, LPGA event when they come to town. Especially if you get a chance to watch a major, because that, I mean, they're laser focused out there. It was really fun. Oh, dude. I mean, I'll say this here. I think next year we should go to the ANA championship in down south in the desert, play golf a couple of days down there, and then just segue it into uh, ANA. I'm down. Um, all right. Well, anything else you want to cover on the Women's Open? I mean, that was. No, if anyone can get us a, a press pass or credentialed or a ticket to uh, the the championship at Lake Merced on Saturday, let's go. What a what a, <laughs> what a bummer, man! We can't go to that, and it's right here. They play there. They play there every year, though, don't they? They do. I will be going to that event every year from now on. Me too. Um, as, or as long as I live in the city. All right. Well, there was another uh, tournament that was played this weekend by the men, um, the Memorial which is uh, obviously one of the, the bigger... Barb. <laughs> one, one of the bigger uh, non-major tournaments. Um, has the, it, what is it they call it? The exempt status or the uh, whatever they have, whatever they call it. But, um, you know, Jack was, was very excited to have all these renovations that he did uh, on the course over the past year. Like, I mean, they were ripping up greens yeah. at the conclusion of the tournament last year. And, uh, you know, I would have loved to have watched it and, you know, followed along. Um, but obviously we got some pretty sweet tickets to go to, uh, the women's open, but yeah, I didn't watch, uh, I didn't watch hardly any, I, any of it. I didn't watch a single shot. 
Um, I the did. only the only thing I watched was the drama that we're going to address here. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we might as well just, you know, oh, congrats to Patrick, Patrick Cantlay, yay, you quote won. Um, but the main thing that we got to talk about is, you know, we had obviously Lexi blowing a, quote, blowing a five-stroke lead um, on Sunday, but John Rom blew a six-stroke lead weeks before <laughs> he even, months before he even went to the tournament. Um, John Rom obviously testing positive for COVID uh, after finishing his round on Saturday with a six-stroke lead. Um, I mean, he was playing phenomenally. The field behind him didn't look like anybody was going to catch up. So, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think that this is something like, oh, you know, poor John Rom? Do you think that you know John Rom mm, possibly I a line step in here? I think. I mean, it's a touchy situation, right? We don't mm -hmm. know all the facts. Uh, what my when I saw like COVID, my initial th th thought was, why ha why isn't he vaccinated? Um, right. Because, but and 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 this is his choice. So it's you're totally fine, get vaccinated or not. But you got to accept the risk reward on that, um, right. and and know that you know if you're not, you're going to be in these protocols, and you right, can very easily be out of out of a tournament. It's your it's your choice, absolutely. But you know what the you know what the tour protocols are for people who are not vaccinated. They're going to do contact tracing. They're going to keep testing you for days on end until you know you clear. Uh, a certain amount of days after you've come into contact with a positive test. Um, and he came into contact with somebody. If he was vaccinated, they wouldn't even, they would this would have been an issue. Exactly. So, um, you know, it's not a, again, it's everyone's got a personal choice here, whether yep. you want to get, we're not here to sit here and talk fucking politics on in vaccinations, but this is a policy that the tour has out. Um, yep. You know, me, me personally, I'm vaccinated. I'm an independent contractor. So if I get COVID, right, and I have to miss 14 days of work, that really hoses me. So I'm mm -hmm. vaccinated. Right. Um, so, you know, everyone's got their own situation. I don't feel bad for John Rom. We're talking about a fucking multimillionaire that's yeah. got millions of dollars in sponsorship exemptions uh, or sponsorship money. Right. Mm -hmm. he, he's a star on the PGA Tour. Yeah, he missed out on whatever, 1.5 mil. Um it's not like this dude was a, a grinder from the corn ferry to come up and right. like got robbed of this. So this wasn't going to be life changing money for him or life changing no. tournament and for him. And you know, people, weird. all these you know, the anti vax community, like, oh, you should just let him play with a mask on or and by himself. By himself, no, no, th th because that negates the whole purpose of setting up policies and procedures like this. So I also think uh, it's an unfair advantage to go out there and play by yourself. I don't know. I, I kind of think that it is. Yeah, when you, I, no, when you I agree. Don't have to wait I agree. For I thought else. I thought the PGA handled it about as well as you can. Yep. I mean, they didn't pull him off the course too. You know, they uh, they they waited till his his round was over. So I guess if you you know if you have a disagreement with that, but um, you know, I, I I agree with what you just said. I think they handled it how they said they were going to if something like this happened, and they had to, they had to pull him. Like they pulled everybody else that has tested positive before. I, I'm surprised this didn't happen like last fall or yeah, you know, I know last summer. You wait until like the the uh, dog days of COVID for it to yeah rear its head. Like imagine if this happened in a major, what would happen? The fallout from the uh, yeah. I mean, so John Rom, you know, best of luck as far as your health. Hopefully, it's hopefully it's it wasn't a false positive because he tested positive twice. Right. So um, that's out the window. Uh, they say he's asymptomatic, whatever. I don't think there's asymptomatic. You know, who who cares? Is he be able to play in the U.S. Open? He will. Okay. So he has 10, 10 nights from 
10, 24 hour periods or something like that, you know, from there. So it, it, he would be able to, um, he would be able to go get a practice round in on but he Tuesday. But can until then, huh? On Tuesday, yeah. So he's got to, you know, isolate uh, back in Phoenix or wherever. Uh, I'm sure, you know, he's got a Trackman or a dope simulator or something, uh, right? That's a good so, point, yeah. But, um, you know, you'd like to play the course. But uh, to in for for him, he's already – hasn't he won at Torrey Pines? I'm not sure, but he played there earlier this year. Plays there, and he plays well there all the time. Right. So uh, you know, and he, it's Torrey Pines, it's U.S. Open. You know, it's going to be fucking thick, rough, narrow fairways. Um, I don't think so. He doesn't miss the U.S. Open. Um, I actually low key, kind of like betting on him on the U.S. Open. Yeah, I, I was you. thinking the same uh, thing. You mentioned <laughs> that. I was like, oh, I might, I might throw some scratch Thanks. on John Rom to come back after all this. Um, but yeah, other than that, I guess, I guess Patrick Cantley won. Um, I didn't see any other shots. I believe it was a playoff. Okay. Well, they had, we had two playoffs this weekend. Eh, whatever. I, I, look, next week we're going to be fully, fully in with the men's U.S. Open. We'll give you all the content on that. Um, it's just this week belonged to the ladies. Um, we're also not too jazzed about the, the upcoming tournament. Was it, is it at Palmetto? Uh, I don't even know. I don't even um, know. It's so, whatever. I probably won't watch too much of it. I, I'm not going to bet on any of it. Um, there will not be. A I will be watching LPGA out at Lake Merced, though. Um, and then yesterday was the longest day in golf. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you caught any of that stuff, but all I saw, I, I saw one thing, and you can tell me how the rest went. But I did see uh, Ricky Fowler out there trying to desperately trying to get in to qualify for the U.S. Open. Um, he shot like a, he thought shot like a seventy three and then a sixty six or something. Missed it like. by one this morning, right? Yeah. Because they got delayed. Yep, missed it by one stroke, and then he's out. He's out there at, in at night still signing autographs. Um, huh. into the wee hours of the evening. Um, class act. No one ever questions Ricky Fowler. He's always the last guy on the that stayed behind to congratulate a major winner or anybody winning a golf tournament. So yeah, would love to see him. Um. In the the U.S. Open playing, uh, it seemed like that he did play a little bit better this week uh, at the Memorial. So that that's nice, encouraging signs to see his game turning around a little bit. Yeah, it does seem like it's turning it's turning around. He's he's getting a little bit a little bit better. So you know maybe this is just a bad year for him, and he'll come back strong next year, or maybe he turns around in the second half. Um. Yeah, you were talking about some of the names that you saw that had to actually play. Yeah, so uh, I was this jumped off at the screen last night. The Columbus Ohio qualifying. Uh, shout out Jack Straw. Ch- listen to these names here. This is like you know these. I was surprised by some Ches Revy, Eric Van Ruyen, Wyndham Clark, JT Poston, uh, Rafa Cabrera, Cabrera Bello, Dylan Fratelli, Brendan Steele. Uh, Johnny Vegas, Charles Schwartzel, Adam Hadwin. Like, imagine if you were just like a regular schmo and you just lived in the Columbus area and were trying to qualify and you're like, fuck, I'm in a PGA Tour event now. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it's the the largest field of all the majors, right? Or or of any tournament. And so you think that those guys would already be automatically in. Um, That just goes to show that. You know, you can qualify a million different ways to get into the U.S. Open. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, you know, excited for the U.S. Open. Not really excited for the Palmetto, Palmetto Championship. Um, but, hey, we got another major in uh, two weeks' time. Yeah, so next week on, on, on the pod, we'll definitely be uh, leaning into the upcoming U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. We'll be playing there 
later this year um, on August 28th. Woo. So there will be a course review, um, you know, obviously if, a couple months from now. Um, other than that, this weekend we got some golf with uh, with Kyle Kenyon and, and Parker. Gonna be out there, and, and what course is? What's the name of the course out there? Uh, dude, I I don't even know. It's a um, it's a four man. We're in a four man. It's not. It's some weird. It's a complicated ass format. It's I. It's it's kind of like best Bali. Yeah, uh, it's never good when no, you got to have that long of a text message like Parker had to send to explain the format. It's called though. It's called four person multi ball. So this is actually. I want. I want to. Cypress that. Lakes. We'll be at Cypress Lakes Golf Club as well. Yeah. Okay. This. Wow. No. We can, just look it up. Go ahead and look up four person multi ball. Uh, do do your own homework. It, it does then, seem kind of fun. Um. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's just let's just four person. Uh, it's four person multi ball. Um. Playing each team member's individual ball from tee to green. On hole number one, the team will use the best ball for scoring. On hole two, the team will use the two best balls for scoring. On hole number three, the three best balls for scoring, and then repeat for the remainder of the round. Okay, so that sounds to me like hole number one, you'll have a score of like a three, four, or five. Yeah. And then after that, it's like an eight. And then you get up to like 12. So it's kind of like, it almost sounds like stable for scoring in terms of what it's going to sound yeah, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. So interesting. Uh, some other person will obviously be in charge of that. We'll be in charge of collecting trophies and kissing babies afterwards. Yes. <laughs> uh, excited, dude. Well, yeah, so we'll be back next week um, reca recapping that round. We might even give a course review of this place. Um, we'll also be diving into the third major of the year at uh, Historic and Beautiful. Um, Tory Pines. We forgot one more thing that we that must be addressed here before we sign off. Let's Golf's go. greatest rivalry and the Bryson uh, and yes. uh, and Brooksy going on here. So, um, PGA, you gotta do, you gotta you gotta give the people what they want and give that make and make that group happen. I mean, please. If, if they don't, if they don't, whoever whoever is in charge of their media department needs to be fired. Please, please make it happen. Um, I don't think people should be getting booted from a golf tournament if that was the case for Yellen Brooksy. I didn't um, see any video of that, so if anybody has, send that over to us um, because that sounded like a rumor. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's the best move on Brooks's part to kind of somewhat reinforce that behavior a little bit on social right. media, although I loved it. Um, yes. You know, if I was on his management team, I would probably be a little concerned with that move. Um, he, he got you and I drinking Michelob Ultras all weekend. That's Michelob all. Seltzers. Seltzers. That's right. We were drinking Michelob Seltzers. Uh, what was the other beer we were doing? Um, weekend Vibes. Weekend Shout out vibes. Weekend Vibes, Coronado Brewery. We'll be down there at San Diego for uh, someone's bachelor party. Please sponsor us. Send about 50 cases. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I can't wait to see you next week. That does it for this episode of the Sandy Parks Podcast. We want to thank you all for joining us, and if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcast content. Join us next week for Major Week. We dive into the U.S. Open, Torrey Pines, and a recent tournament played by the boys. Lastly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sandy Pars Golf, and visit our website, sandypars.com, for a full library of podcasts and additional golf content like course reviews, reading guides, and more. Special thanks to our producer, Ryan Thiessen, and until next time, hit him straight.